Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're very welcome to another episode of the Scaling Your Business podcast. I believe this is episode 192. Delighted to be joined by Dara Jordan, the CEO and co-founder of Grafton Digital. Dara, you're welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Ryan. Pleasure. Dara, delighted to have you. Typical fashion of the show, man, is a couple of minutes getting to know who you are, for those who are not familiar with you, and then we'll jump into all juicy things. So, you grew up out west. Yes, so born and raised in a village called Clare Galway in Galway. Commonly mistaken for people to think that it's on the border of Clare and Clare and Galway. Not the case. Just the river Clare goes through the middle of the village. So that's why I was named that. But uh, 21 years old, born and raised out west, spent a few months in Spain earlier on this year, and now currently living in Loud um, with family because, as we were kind of discussing beforehand, struggling to get accommodation right now. So back with my parents for a little bit. So talk me through, before we go up to Loud and all those good things, what was life like growing up out West? Do you have any favourite standout memories, hobbies that you enjoyed? Yeah, like I suppose, um, I suppose the four of us back home um, kind of would have went to a very small primary school. Um, so secondary school probably would have been a very pivotal point for myself. We were the, it was a brand new school locally in our village that was open. So we were the first year to go in. So there's only, it was 180 of us or so and in initial staff and, I suppose due to the nature of the management and I think all the it being so little amount of students in the school, we were given such an amazing amount of opportunities. In first year, they gave us BTM scientists as Microsoft Ambassador and just handed opportunity after opportunity to do extracurricular things, attend events, and I suppose expand my skill sets past just the academic sense from public speaking to project management, all that sort of stuff. So I suppose definitely the school enabled me to learn a lot of extra skill sets that maybe in other schools I wouldn't have the opportunity to. So from a sports sense, I would have been more into maybe different sports. So when I was younger, I was big into GA handball. I would have competed with that for many, many years and really enjoyed that. And then in later years, I kind of got more into martial arts. I've been kind of trained jiu-jitsu for the last four or so years and I suppose doing a few of the martial arts on the side as well, but that would be my main love and passion. I'm still trained today. Unreal. And and, and, and before we move on from, from getting to know who you are, um. I ask this question to people to get an understanding for the air. So people can often point to, you know, count the number of people on their hand that they, that have had a massive impact on their life growing up that have helped them become the person they are today. Mm. Two or three people, teachers, acquaintances, family members, friends. Does anybody spring to mind for you? And if so, who? Yeah. Like it's not like a bit of a cliche answer, but my dad would definitely been a huge, huge influence myself. So Dad started his own business. He, was, he would have previously been a self-employed electrician working as a sole trader, um, but he started his own bu- um, business in 1995 with my uncle um, and would have sold about three years ago. But it would have been a very niche uh, waste service. Uh, confidential instruction would have been their main uh, speciality. But I suppose I would have grown up saying I wanted to be an entrepreneur, seeing dad. And, and upon reflection, looking back on why I was saying that as a younger child, I think it's the fact that dad worked 12 to 16 hour days as far back as I can remember. And he always enjoyed his work. He was the first one in the morning. Dad would be at the door before 6, 6.30 a.m. every morning. And an early day for him would be 6 p.m. back in the home in the evening. But never complained, always enjoyed it. I was always working towards something. So I think that did have a really positive rub off on me. Whereas let's say, I suppose I'm classed as Gen Z. 
and I suppose you know the whole Instagram culture of entrepreneurs with cars and boats and all the sort of you know ridiculous things but I think I suppose I really look up to dad and seeing how his passion for his work and um, day in day out and working really long days I think was really huge rub off for me I suppose from internet sense as well I think both of these came in to me at the right time definitely Gary Vaynerchuk and Joe Rogan and I give, give two examples for each of them I started consuming both of them when I was 15 16 which I know was quite important in the developmental process for young people and I suppose Gary really preached empathy and working for your team rather than your team working for you and really core principles like that and then Joe Rogan and I suppose in the sense of even though you're sitting across from someone who might have very different views and opinions to you you can still sit and have a very civilized conversation and not walk away you know disliking the other person just because of their viewpoints and stuff so so it's jumping you after you asked that question maybe the few that would jump out at me I love that open mindset, especially when you reference Joe Rogan. Uh, yeah. Vitally important. It, it's given him the ability to be probably one of the best interviewers out there. Mm. Um, you started, I, I'm going to go into Grafton Digital in a minute, but before I get there, I want to dovetail. You started uh, a YouTube channel. Yeah. I don't know how long ago, but there's a reason I'm asking this. Before we hit the record button, you talked about how often you come up to Dublin to build your network because that's vitally important to you as you continue mm. to scale your business. Yeah. I'm going to hazard a guess that you either started a YouTube channel to scratch some sort of itch that you had because other people were doing it or two, to build your network. Which one was it? It was mainly scratching itch. It okay. was, it, Gary V had, so I'd always want to start a business and I could never find the element to it. And Gary V said a line that really impacted me. He said, you have access to the whole entire world in your pocket. This is the first time in history this has ever happened why are you not taking full advantage of that and i started my i created the youtube channel that day and recorded my first video the day after that watching that video i suppose it was my first element of like okay let me go and actually create something let me create something that's my own obviously i'm still in school of 16 things of ty and i never created anything on my own so i thought this would be my first right step of i can't come up with a business idea but let me go and try and create something online and let me just experiment and and do it freely with basically you know no, not no consequences, but no you know, upfront capital required, just use my phone. And I suppose made it a point very early on to say, I'm not going to buy a camera till I get a thousand subscribers, which I did do, uh, because I wanted to make a point that, you know, excuses are BS. Yeah, I like that. So you've definitely learned some lessons from the YouTube channel, not just the yeah. whole bought a camera at a thousand subscribers. Talk yeah. me through one or two key lessons that you couldn't see at the time. Like, for example, this is episode 192 of the podcast. Yeah. When I started this, it wasn't to build my network originally, but mm. now having joined the Baby Academy and being in WeWork on you know four or five days a week, there's people that I regularly bump into that have been on the podcast that have helped introduce me to other people as well. And I can always ping people who've been on the podcast a message if I'm looking for an answer to a question or for a favor or vice versa. Mm. For you, what are one or two key lessons that you didn't see originally that now looking back, still holding on to your YouTube channel, you've learned from it? Yeah, so I suppose it definitely didn't start with the attention of networking, but definitely over time, as kind of my my grow for business grew and grew, I definitely did see it as a as a vessel to actually network more effectively. I suppose as a seventeen year old, when you're reaching out to these larger entrepreneurs, um, and you're like, "Hey, can I grab a coffee?" The likelihood of the people saying yes is a lot less likely. But if you come and kind of say, "Can I do an interview?" They're way more likely to sit down with you, and that is definitely definitely my ability to sit down with people way more experienced and just be able to suck up information the other thing I suppose it really did show me was that it was my first pursuit of something 
that if I put my mind to something, I can actually achieve it. Because in school, everything's very cushy. It's kind of pretty straightforward. There's not so much you can fail on. But when it came to starting the YouTube channel, one thing I definitely took away from it was that if I really put my mind to something, I can pull it off, which has been really, really um, invaluable. I think the third um, one was that the friends I would have made off of it, um, like I suppose um, one of some of my closest friends now, Thomas Arnold, um, for Fearless Media. I met him through YouTube. I reached out to him as he's a bigger creator than me. Hey, can we do a coffee together? And then obviously we both got into business. We were both kind of fiddling around business at the time. And now we became very close friends off it. And then Kevin owns the same through Thomas. But I met friends that I did not realize I would meet otherwise. So definitely um, the networking element, the ability to know that if I put my mind something, I work really hard, I can do really well off it. And then and meeting friends, like with friends that I'm still very, very close to today, like me and Tom are just in Vegas together uh, only a series of weeks ago. So no, it, they were very probably the main three that jumped to mind. I saw the pictures. Actually, Tom was one of the people that came in to have a coffee with me last week in, yeah. in WeWork. And I think I'm connected with Kevin some stage this week. Uh, right. Strangely enough that you mentioned those two names. Um, so Grafton Digital. I could yeah. give the elevator pitch. I could tell people what it is, but it's your baby. What is Grafton Digital? Yeah, so Grafton Digital has many faces since we started. It's actually four months ago since we conceptualized this month, actually. I only talked to Dad about this morning. I suppose I'll give the, the original story and where we are today because it has had a few different faces. So I suppose it first started with, um, I did a work experience in a pretty big marketing agency when I was back in TY. And um, basically for the entire week, I was not redoing anything. And this company for context works for the likes of huge multinational companies all the way down to local super value. So they had a very wide range of clients. And I was sent an Excel four days into the internship out of five, they hadn't done anything all week. And they were like, hey, could you write out some social media posts? So the Excel document would read low quality phone photos from the super value. And I said, oh, what should I write about? And they said, it doesn't matter, it's only social media. And my 15 year old brain was like, this is not right. Like there has to be more to this. And this is obviously a pretty big company as well. I think there were 40 people big at the time. So like, you know, good sized company. And then I, I suppose I became a bit obsessive about marketing and that whole sort of area and human psychology. So I spent the next couple of years after TY kind of just delving into that. So my now co-founder, Eric, who didn't do TY, so he was a year ahead of me. He was only recently graduated from school. He reached out to me because I was doing YouTube and he was like, I saw you wanted to start a business. How about we try and like, you know, game plan something together? He was like, how about we create promotional videos for local businesses because our content is absolutely terrible. And I said, but if you give a company, you know, a really elaborate video and you don't, you don't tell them how to enable them, how to actually get it in front of people, that's a waste of money. And we're talking, this is back in 2017, 2018. So again, social media marketing was even smaller than it was now. So we landed on, let's try to do social media marketing agency. Eric had a strong IT background, which I, I know you kind of covered on your, your previous episode with him. Um, I obviously enjoyed the marketing element of it. And Jack McKenna, who's in school with us as well, was doing freelance photography and videography. So we kind of said, we'll meet, each make one of the pillars of the business and let's go forward with that. Over time, we realized we weren't very good at doing social media marketing and content creation. And then I suppose via mentors we had and refinement, we realized, okay, website development, design development is our strong suit and an area that we can actually really excel in. So about just over two years ago, we niched down to website and app design development. 
Now, app was um, app is obviously a big step, but it was due to the nature of staff we had internally that had really good skill sets that we said, let's take a step into that realm. Now, where we're at today is, and we're actually in the middle of a rebrand at the moment, is going to go even further. We want to even go further down that path. We want to really niche down, become digital partners, because we really see when we come into a business, because of the nature and the experience, obviously I'm quite young, but our staff have decades of experience. We come in as business analysts and with tech experience, we come in and go, whether it be internal platforms and systems or whether it be externally front-facing the clients, that we can build really elaborate platforms that really benefit businesses and their bottom line. So that, and that's really the work the staff enjoy doing, we enjoy doing and where we get the best results. So we're, I suppose I don't really have the elevator pitch fully refined yet because that's what the process of doing but this is the area which we're going into. So I'll give one example of a client we've done this for, and it was one of the reasons we stepped in this direction. Um, Air Aran Islands, the airline that goes from Galway out to Inishir, Inishmore, Inishman, they originally had no booking system and all their flight manifestos were in this, you know, elaborate black book. And it's very been infamous for years as we're doing the airline. We're now currently building a full platform for a ticketing system that will be some hardware element, obviously printing tickets, and on the back end, so it'll be all the organization on the back end so that they can manage all the bookings and externally then for printing tickets and all that sort of stuff. So we're building that platform from scratch um, for them, which is going to save them a tremendous amount of time, remove a lot of logistic issues for them and help them grow as an organization because there's, you know, the time of their, their team can be better spent because they are a small team and I suppose time is, super, is the most valued, valuable commodity. So um, that's where we're at currently. I, I imagine with that, I'm going to pick up on the they are a small team sentence you said that you're going to look to land larger accounts. Yes. So that you can like grow in those accounts rather yes. than to win a load of smaller accounts. Yes. Hence is why you mentioned the pivot of the business. Yeah. So I suppose like as part of a digitalization plan, they won a 4.1 million euro tender, um, which helped enable them obviously uh, continue to get the tender for the next three years. But I suppose like, the client base we're working with at the moment, because we have a few clients like this, um, probably in the range of two to 20 million a year at the moment. So, um, and obviously we would be looking, we want to be very ROI focused because I suppose a lot of agencies don't really look at it ROI focused. And I suppose our kind of whole pitch for them is that we're coming in, we're saving time. And this is the results we've had for clients previously, because you know, if you, if we, we want to put ourselves in the person's shoes and go, right. We want to look at the direct ROI of what we're doing. We're not just looking just to come in and just money being spent for no reason. So have you got sit down quarterly meetings with, let's say, the board or the CEO or the marketing manager of that company to say, here's the metrics we promise we deliver on a quarterly basis. Here's where we're currently at. And, 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 like, and, and use that as an excuse to kind of grow into other element or legs of the business. Yeah, so I suppose... Um, a lot of it would be kind of, so it depends on the project. So I suppose internally, we're mainly looking at building platforms. We have partners that would look more, let's say email marketing um, and let's say Google ads, which would be more kind of, you know, they'd be like quarterly looking at performance of those, let's say email marketing would be Google ads. With regards to platforms and stuff, it would be very much, a, let's say pre-platform and post-platform because obviously a platform being built out like some, some of them can be like 12 month projects, 18 month projects, depending on how you're looking. So there will be elements of what we could actually bring to the table and what we want to have inside our offering that would be let's be quarterly based, let's say meet with the head of marketing, meeting with your leadership team. And then the other one would be look, doing a full audit of a business, seeing how you can help put a roadmap together for building a platform 
and then review and refine it then post go live and obviously we do you know we release it in stages you don't want to just have a complete 180 of a business you want to have a little bit more steady so the team can adapt but um yeah so it'd be kind of twofold one would be quarterly based and one would be kind of as the platform gets released and gets integrated into a company in the previous business I was in, they had a tool called Care, and, and re, re, really simply distilled down, it's K A R E, which stands for Keep, Attain, Recapture, and Expand. And it's what you like. You sit. I use the word quarterly. Let's say you sit down every quarter with your business, and you look at all the accounts that you've currently got. So, what ones do you want to keep? What ones do you want to attain in terms of go after and win those new logos? What ones do you want to recapture that you've previously lost? And which accounts that you have that you want to do more than keep? You want to expand within. You want to help them grow and, and go into other elements of the business. So, for example, if you're working with Salesforce, well, Salesforce have hundreds of different elements of their business. You might be working with Salesforce UK and Ireland, and you want to expand and work with Salesforce and Mia. Hmm. So, when I the purpose of I'm giving an example so everyone listening and understands, I just want to focus on the A in that area. So, attain. When I look at your business, let's wave a magic wand. We're now in 2023 October. Now let's go back. What, like, how are you planning to, like, what are some of the, te- like, let's say techniques or ways that you plan to attain new logos as you pivot the business? So are they, uh, you know, pivoting your YouTube channel to interview some of the founders so you can build a relationship with these people? Are they picking up the phone and calling people? Are they attending conferences? Are they, hitting them up on like what are like two or three of the big ways that you are leveraging your current clients to get introduction to the new clients what are two or three ways you're you 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 plan to land these new logos yeah so i suppose to date our most successful and this is the same for most businesses especially you know in the first few years of business is through your current client base and recommendations and um, i suppose doing a really good job for those client base I suppose me, myself and Eric have always spent a lot of time over the last few years cultivating relationships, built, doing coffee, you know, doing virtual coffees, doing in-person coffees, and just meeting people because I suppose in a service-based business when it's B2B, it is just, a, I think, a matter of time of like when it might suit a company to avail your services. So let's say coffee I've had two years ago, they might hit me up and go, actually, now is the time where we might utilize your services. So networking and just building relationships with other co-founders has definitely been the most fruitful of all the things we've been doing. The second has been events slash business groups. So like the likes of Magnus that we're all that we're both in, we were part of Business All Stars in 2021. Um, they've been very fruitful as well. Um, just getting our name out there, attaching trust. Um, but definitely the two of them have been the most fruitful to date. I suppose the one we really want to continue nailing down is the clients that we work really well with currently is is going through their network and going, hey, we enjoy working together. I think there's been a very fruitful relationship and we hope that you feel the same. Is there anyone in your network that you would actually think that we could actually do a similar sort of job for? And I suppose there is current referrals going on at the moment because we're kind of our, because we're more six month minimum projects, 12, 18 month project preference, we are already getting our stuff ready for Q1, Q2 next year. So. I suppose definitely going through our current client base has been the biggest one. I suppose the next aim for ourselves will be kind of solidifying our, our re-pivot of the brand, kind of just really niching down the client base that we want and pushing hard on socials to be present there and kind of show, show what we are about and kind of set our kind of brand voice. Um, 
and then that would be the main things I think at the moment because yeah. obviously we're not looking for huge quantity we're looking for to work with as few clients as possible and do the best quality work I love the idea of referrals. One of my favorite tactics was, you know, uh, a, 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 a friend who had a business would meet with their uh, a client, a quarterly business review. And as part of that, one of the things they had in the agenda was, you know, you obviously want to build your network. I want to build mine. Yeah. So before we meet, I'm going to open my LinkedIn connections and I want you to find three people that you want an introduction to. And I'm going to do the same. So when they meet, they are prepared that, oh, this is going to happen. And you present the three names and they present the three names and then you do the referrals and introductions. And if you've got 10 clients and you're meeting them, you know, that's what, that's 30 introductions you're getting every, every quarter, which is 120 introductions every year. If, you yeah. know, do the match, you close 10% of that. That's 10, 12 new logos. How much yeah. is a new logo worth to you? Anyway, you're in business four years, you alluded to earlier on. Um, yeah. As part of that, you probably, you know, learned some lessons um, or perhaps many. Uh, let's talk through some p- popular blind spots in business. Some people are not great at generating leads. Some people yeah. uh, are unaware that, you know, uh, of the state of the economy and they might not be building their bench. So that's like keeping an eye on, on talent out there that yeah. if you grow, you can bring in. Um, some people might not be great at like helping their employees match personal to business. What are perhaps, what's one blind spot that you suffer from back in the day that you feel like you've become much better at now that's helped your business become the business it is today yeah that's a really good question um the one that jumps out at me and it's still something we are refining but as we've gotten better at it the business has drastically improved is having a larger vision for where the business is going and conveying that message and collectively creating that message with the team that you have and then setting a very clear roadmap to where we're going early days like again like i said i was 17 when we started this business i there's been a lot of personal and professional growth over the last four years uh, i feel like i've aged a lot more than four years over the past four years but really solidifying what we do really well what does that look like we're facing the economy in five years time and then how does the team is the team on the same idea where we're going you know like what we did was we did a bit of a team day where um where the team kind of conveyed how they feel about the business where the business is currently because a lot of them were with us two years year and a half and where would you like to see it to go and we collectively created a vision for the business and that's been very very powerful because there's about 10 of us in the business at the moment so we're still very tight-knit and I think that has like we 4x the business from last year we're probably on track to 3x the business next year we've seen and again it was incremental growth up to that point and now it's been you know a multiplier of itself so I definitely think having a very hard set vision for where you want to go I love that a couple more questions for you uh the generation that you're from I'm assuming you might find this actually difficult to answer, but there were being so many, but have you got a, fa- actually, you probably do. What is your favorite tech tool that you have and why that, that you use on a weekly or day-to-day basis? So it could be, some people have said Slack, some people have said other apps, some yeah. people have, what springs to mind? Yeah. Um, I'd say the one I use most, I think I, my Google calendar is my, my make or break for everything. I, between my own personal tasks of what I want to accomplish, you know, of the integration with the team, I have my Zoom integrated with it. 
I think the one I probably lean on the most and which I probably really depend on is my Google Calendar, but personally and professionally, because I've really found that by blocking off sections, my Google Calendar is just full of tasks, routine, what I need to accomplish in the day from, let's say, a business development standpoint or anything else, and then just general meetings. So I think definitely my Google Calendar by far. Final question for you. Uh, you're Minister for Education and you're in charge of adding a new mandatory subject to the high school or leaving cert curriculum. What's the subject and why? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I'm split between two. Go One on. is almost labelled adulthood and teaching about budgeting, taxes, general, let's say, life skills like using washing machines, using dishwashers. Any of the stuff that like you might seem really silly, but when people get to college of first years, which my sister's just after doing, they just don't have those skill sets that if they had those things in school, would drastically make their lives a lot easier. The second one I think is just a, uh, would be psychology, but specifically about just learn about self-awareness um, and the ability to understand other people, there's different character types um, and that not everyone thinks sees the world the same way you do and being able to fully understand that. Uh, because I think the faster people understand that, the better they are gonna get through life and it'll just help in every area, both personally and professionally. Um, yeah, they'd be the two I'd probably, I'd probably vouch for. Lara, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Hope to meet you in person one day. But for now, we'll leave it there. And I wish you continued success and hopefully you'll 3X the business this year. Yes, thank you very much for your I really appreciate your time.